culture, society, on every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out, and you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... <sighs> so download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny, and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram or just join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. <clears throat> I have something stuck in my throat. <clears> throat> wow. You would have think I, you would have thought my throat would have been busy all weekend with that cough. But um no, I, I had like I want to say it felt like a piece of popcorn, but I haven't had popcorn. The only thing I've had this morning is some probiotic yogurt and a protein shake because I worked out this morning. So I don't even know what the hell is stuck in my throat. But there was some, there is something in there, and I digress. Um, thank you guys for tuning in this week. We have a lot of tea to break down. We have a lot of announcements and news that kind of broke over the weekend that we're going to break down today. But I just wanted to remind you this Thursday, I'm going live at No Filter with Zach. And I may have a very special announcement that I might be making this Thursday. So get ready. And also get ready because there are going to be a lot of fun collabs that will be happening over the summer. It's going to be the summer of collaboration. Um, and I have like Adam Coy Newell, who you guys love from Up and Adam, that's going to be coming back on the show. Emily D. Baker is going to be coming back on the show. Faces by Bravo, Kate Casey, all going to be coming back on the show over the summer. Jess Jess Rothschild from Hot Takes and Deep Dives. Jacques from the Unpopular Podcast. You guys sent me lots of different podcasters that you wanted to see me collaborate with over the next few weeks. So I reached out to a lot of them and I said, yo, let's collab. So instead of me doing solo episodes on Mondays, I'm going to have other podcasters and Instagrammers come and join me on the show. That way we can break down all the tea together. And then you and I can have a one-on-one every Thursday night, 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern, at No Filter with Zach on Instagram. Instagram Live's coming back. And hopefully soon I can like figure out all of the technical difficulties to get them up on YouTube and hopefully where we don't have any more tech issues. Fingers crossed that all works out very, very soon. Um, yeah. 
Are we ready to break down the tea this week? We have so much. Hannah Burner's leaving Summer House. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and Real Housewives of Potomac have both wrapped for their seasons. Erica Jane is rumored to be refusing to appear on Watch What Happens Live. And Andy Cohen is speaking out. And then we have all the Tiffany Moon versus the Westcott family beef and like what the future of Real Housewives of Dallas is going to potentially entail. So... Let's break it all down. Let's start with Hannah Burner because that is news that everybody seems to be very happy about, which I was like when it was posted on the No Filter with Zach Instagram account, so many comments, so many shares, and none of them were like, oh, I'm going to miss Hannah. Like, I think it's very clear nobody is going to be missing Hannah Burner from Summer House. Like, nobody's going to be missing Hannah Burner in general, there were a couple of like mean comments. So like, she's going to bomb as a comedian. She's been a comedian for a while. She's done stand up for a while. Like, I think she's going to be okay. I just hope she can rehab her image enough to where she doesn't have like this tarnished summer house image that she's going to be carrying with her into the future. Because I actually think she's funny. I just think she got to a point where it was just too much. We had too much Hannah Burner. She was too intense. She tried too hard to be funny. She tried too hard to be a meme. And like, it was just, it was too much. Like I follow your Instagram for that. I don't need to see that on like your podcast on, on summer house and et cetera, et cetera. I wish her all the best with Des. I think Des loves the camera time. So he's going to be sad to see Hannah Burner go. But from reading her exit statement, it doesn't sound like she's leaving on her own accord. It sounds like she got F I R E D fired fireball. She got fired from summer house. And I think that is something we all saw coming. She was terrible this past season. She was insufferable. She was unlikable. She's totally disconnected from all of her cast members, minus Paige. But even Paige isn't really willing to have her back anymore. That at this point, I don't even think it makes sense to have Hannah Burner on the show moving forward. We do have Winter House, which is not called Winter House, which I think is stupid. It's called Summer House Winter Charm, which is the worst fucking name they could have ever put on that show like it's too wordy it's too much of a mouthful there's just too much happening like summer house winter charm doesn't sound good it doesn't roll off the tongue um winter charm also just kind of sounds strange like i thought winter house was was fine i thought i would have watched it in the summer i thought it would have been fun I don't know why we decided to like add a colon to it i don't know whoever's writing these titles are terrible because they also have the peacock Housewives, what we've been all referring to as the all-star series with Ramona and Kenya and Melissa Gorga and Teresa and Cynthia and was Luann on it? Yeah, Luann was on it, but she, you know, it was forgettable. Um, They all taped their show in the Turks and Caicos. That is apparently the working title for it is Real Housewives Mashup, which I think is also a terrible, terrible name. Anyway, I digress. Hannah Burner, will we be missing her? Absolutely not. Was she fired or did she quit? I definitely believe that she was fired. And so does Kate Chastain, who you may remember from Below Deck and from Bravo's chat room. Apparently, chat room was supposed to be Kate Chastain's show. And then there was all of her drama that happened. And so they ended up adding in Portia and Giselle and Hannah Burner. And now, and then Kate Chastain ended up exiting the show. Originally, I thought it was likely, and I still think it's linked to like contract negotiations because it was her show originally. And because I think she had an ego issue with the other women, with the other ladies on chat room. I think Hannah Burner was probably, I think Hannah Burner has a big ego as well. I don't think Portia 
and Giselle have that big of an ego. I think Giselle knows she's in one of the newer franchises and in one of the lesser popular franchises. And that's no diss to Potomac. It's just it's just starting to kind of pick up. The last, This most recent season is really what put it on everybody's radar. And now we're into Potomac. Now most of the people that didn't watch it before are starting to subscribe to that vibe. Um, we'll see how it continues to grow moving forward. But I think... Kate Chastain had an issue with Hannah Burner, probably because Hannah thought that she, you know, was a big name on the show. They were probably paying Hannah a lot more than they were paying Kate Chastain. And like, if we're being honest, I think Portia and Hannah were probably the two bigger bills on that show. I don't think Kate Chastain was a big enough name or like had enough visibility outside of Bravo land to actually pull in an audience, TBH. So Kate Chastain tweeted, tell me you've been fired without telling me you've been fired. Hashtag Summerhouse. And she tweets this shortly after Hannah Burner announces her exit, saying like she's gonna focus on her stand-up now because like she's a stand-up comedian and like she doesn't need Summerhouse and she's not gonna be sharing her journey on Summerhouse. I think she thought that the engagement was probably gonna guarantee her more time on the show. And Bravo is just like, thank you, next. And all the fans are just like, thank you, next. We'd rather watch the Kyle and Amanda wedding because we have at least rooted for them and gotten to know them and like enjoy them as a couple. And we don't like Des because he looks thirsty. He's a cutie, though. I mean, he's not he's not like super hot. Um, I would still rather screw Kyle or sorry, not Kyle. I'd rather screw Carl or Luke over Des and then Kyle and then like Des is just all the way at the bottom. Um, but anyway, so Kate Chastain is being real shady towards Hannah Burner and she's just like, clearly you were fired and she seems to be gloating and happy that Hannah Burner is fired, which I think most of us are. Then we have DJ Rosé and DJ Rosé is from Bethany Frankel's new show, The Big Shot, which I think I might actually do maybe like a review episode. I don't know. We'll, I'll, I'll figure it out how I'm going to do this or maybe it'll be something... Um, exclusive for the YouTube channel, TBD. I'm still going to work out those details, but I want to do like a review segment since I'm reading all of like the Bravo books and I'm watching all of these Bravo spinoff shows. I would love to do like a, a 30 minute review and recap with like biggest takeaways, biggest tea spilled and overall thoughts about it. I'm enjoying The Big Shot with Bethany Frankel, which is her new spinoff show, which is like The Apprentice on HBO Max. Way better than I expected, but also a very hot train wreck mess because there's no structure to the show, which I think is her vibe and her style. She's like, I don't need structure. I kind of just want to go with my gut. But we saw that she did that with her talk show, and that didn't really translate very well to the audience. So I don't know how well that's going to do. But the breakout star from The Big Show with Bethany Frankel is DJ Rosé. And so DJ Rosé was just on the Unpopular Podcast with Jacques. And Jacques asked if she would be joining Summer House because apparently she had like a little cameo on Summer House where she DJed one of the parties. Um, and she was like, well, you know, she says that she would love to join Summer House now that Hannah Burner has exited. I don't know if Bravo is willing to pick up DJ Rosé. I don't know how close HBO Max and Bravo are. I don't believe HBO is or HBO Max is owned by NBCU. Whereas like you see crossovers like we saw Lisa Vanderpump go from Bravo to now she's on E, which are all NBCU owned companies. So that wasn't that hard to kind of transition over. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case with DJ Rosé. I don't think Bravo has any interest in DJ Rosé. And I personally kind of find her 
a little annoying, but I am not against inviting her on the show and trying to get like the real scoop behind the show, but she's definitely the breakout star. I don't think I want to see her on Summer House. I think she'll be annoying. I think she'll be a hot mess. I think she'll cry all of the time. And I think Lindsay will just rip her to shreds. TBH. So bye, Hannah Burner. Thank you. Next. Real Housewives of Potomac and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City have finished filming, which I'm very excited about. Um, I think they're both going to be great seasons. Well, actually, we haven't heard much about Potomac. We People are just now starting to like Instagram them, the girls out filming and posting like little bits of tea, which we see now on like New York and Beverly Hills, like the bigger in Atlanta, the bigger shows, the tea gets out, the tea gets leaked and there's so much more buzz and interest around it. Again, Potomac is just start like the oven is just warmed up. We haven't even put the turkey in it yet. We haven't even baked anything. Like, we're just getting started. And I think last season was a great way to get started. And I think there's going to be a lot more potential with Potomac. So I'm hoping that this is a good season. We don't have Monique Samuels anymore. We do still have Candace. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, it looks like Giselle and Robin and Candace all seem to be getting along. So I'll be curious to see how Ashley Darby and Karen work into the group now that they don't have Monique and they were kind of on the other side of that beef amongst the women. So I haven't heard too much about Potomac, but I look forward to what the ladies are going to bring. I am really looking forward to Salt Lake City. I'm curious to see. I'm surprised that they ended filming so early, but I I would assume that should anything legally come up with Jen Shaw's legal cases that that would be filmed as well, the same way they would film things with Joe and Teresa afterwards, or they would pull like um, press clippings. So I would assume we're going to continue to follow that storyline up until Salt Lake City airs, which at this point, Potomac is supposed to air in the fall. Salt Lake City, I'm assuming, is going to have to air in the fall because we have Vanderpump Rules that's currently filming and Bravo's already announced that Vanderpump Rules is going to be returning this fall, which I think was not a very smart thing to do because like usually you want to see how the season runs out first before you start plugging it into a lineup. But I mean, it looks like we're going to get a very fast and furious Vanderpump Rules season, which we are are seeing that they're filming now. Um, It's interesting to watch Lala and Ariana and Sheena, and they all seem to be very friendly with each other as they're filming this new season, which seems very weird because there hasn't been a lot of, of, time to really hash out their issues and what Lala said about Ariana was very intense and the Lala and Sheena feud also very intense that like I don't know how we go from she's lying you don't give a fuck about me I unfollowed you to now we're all just like friends at Rachella, which is Coachella for Raquel a party that James threw for her in Palm Springs, which is also where James proposed to Raquel, which, you know, snaps for Raquel and James. I think congrats to them. I think they're good. I think they're a good couple. I think Raquel's the best he's ever going to find. She put up with his bullshit. She is willing to put up with his bullshit in the future. She really loves him. And I think that's what he needs. He needs somebody that really cares about him, that really loves him, that's going to stand by him through all of his messy struggles. And I think he's probably going to have a few more of those, but I think he's matured a lot and I think he's grown a lot. And now that he's going to be getting married, it also kind of brings into question what Vanderpump Rules is going to start to look like as they're all starting to really settle down, get married, have babies. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, but I'm curious to see how this all plays out. I do have an inside connection to somebody that works 
in production with Vanderpump Rules that is telling me that the season is really good and it's crazy already. We haven't heard anything about it being crazy other than this one little bit, but I don't know. And I even responded to this person. I was like, I'm skeptical. And so are most of my listeners. We're very skeptical of what Vanderpump Rules is going to look like. And this person says that it's been crazy so far. It's going to be a good season so far. But I'm also like, is it though? Like, we're going to have to wait and see because we fell in love with Vanderpump Rules and the bar has been set so high with Vanderpump Rules that who knows what's actually going to come of it. But congrats to James and Raquel. We're obviously going to see the engagement on the show. We're going to see Rachella on the show. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll see how these cast relationships start to, to form and develop. It doesn't look like there are any newbies, TBH. I know they said that they were going to be adding in some newbies. They wanted to add in some diversity to the show. I haven't really heard anything. There was rum- one rumor about a server at Sir that... Um, had done reality show in the past that was possibly up for a spot on Vanderpump Rules. I don't think that that's actually going to happen after all, but the fact that we haven't heard any other names shows that they might be testing some other people out. I don't know, but if you're going to fire Stassi, Kristen, and Jax for being problematic, as well as Brett and Max, then I think when you come back, you have to show up to the table ready to put your dick on the table and be like, here, here's what we're, here's how we're changing the show. Here's how we're adding diversity. And that needs to be strong. It doesn't need to be the only focal point of the show because then it just looks like virtue signaling and it just looks like you're trying to show off. But at the same time, you took a big stance. You got rid of cast members because you didn't condone their behavior, even though you've condoned very bad behavior for what, seven, eight seasons now. Um, but now you really need to show us, you know, that you're going to put your money where your mouth is. So we'll see how that transpires. I am looking forward to Vanderpump Rules, but not entirely. I'm looking forward to Salt Lake City because I want to see Jen Shaw get arrested. And that's just my honest opinion. Erica Jane is rumored to be refusing to appear on Watch What Happens Live without getting preset questions that Andy is going to ask her. This rumor is false because Andy commented and he said that that is not true. And then Erica Jane's like, OMG, thanks so much. Love you, mean it. You are defending me and I love you. Um, So she apparently is going to appear on Watch What Happens Live, is going to be addressing some of the legal issues. I would assume that her lawyer would advise her to have the questions be asked. But in terms of what she's actually going to be revealing, that's where she's going to have to be a little more frugal with what she's going to say. But... I mean, I guess now we're finally going to get to hear her side of things and hear what she says is going to be featured, is going to be her storyline on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and on the press tour that she's going to have to do to promote the show. Everyone's going to be asking these questions of her. And now, you know, we've been dying to know what she knew and how much she knew. And now we're finally going to get those answers. And it's starting off with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which kicks off later this week. I'm super excited for it. I haven't watched any of like the exclusive clips or teasers of the show. I don't like to watch those ahead of time because I like to watch the show in its entirety as a first time viewer. I don't like to see things ahead of time. And then as I'm watching it, see the same clips because then I kind of lose focus. I tune out and I want to be able to watch it all the way through. Um, this 
these first couple of episodes are where we're going to get her backstory for why she decided to leave Tom before the scandal broke into the press. So we're going to see what she actually said was her reasoning for divorcing Tom, which we're probably going to get about, I would assume, episode four of this season because they started filming in, I believe, October and she filed for divorce in November. So I would assume that that those tracks are going to be laid out in these first few episodes as they go on their first cast trip, which was to Lake Tahoe. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But I actually am looking forward to the season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills just to watch the scandal play out, to watch how the other women rea- react to it, to watch them squirm a little bit. I'm excited to see Sutton as a full-time housewife. I don't think it's going to be very different from what we saw from her last year because she filmed as a full-time housewife. But now we're probably going to get a few more confessionals and I hopefully we'll get to see more of her personal life as well. And then we have Crystal Minkoff, who I have been very excited about from the beginning. Ever since I knew that she was joining the show before it was even announced, I just had a very good synergistic feeling about it. And I am excited to see Crystal on the show. Um, Okay, let's talk Tiffany Moon and the Westcott family. This may feel a little exhausted for everybody else. But to kind of just recap uh, recap everybody on what's been going on over the past several days between Tiffany Moon and Cameron Westcott and Cameron Westcott's family. So as we saw at the reunion, Cam came in. She had her little pink binder and she had all her receipts with Tiffany. She, this is where it gets annoying, frustrating for me because I used to like Cam and I had Cam on my show and I had a very pleasant conversation with her. Um, And we even saw everything that happened with Leanne last year, especially at the reunion and Cam being like, I'm your friend, but what you know, what you did and what you said was wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Now we have Cameron Westcott, who at the most recent reunion was basically trying to school Tiffany Moon about culture and racism. I said this on the Instagram Live that I did last week at No Filter with Zach, um, which the recording is saved if you want to watch that and hear everything that I had to say, which was my initial reaction before I really saw how her husband and her brother had really jumped into the conversation. Um And so she's basically trying to school Tiffany Moon on what it means to be a minority. And so for me, from my POV, my point of view, because I have, um, I'm in the minority category in two different ways. One, I am Hispanic. I did not grow up with privilege. I didn't grow up with money. I didn't grow up, you know, I grew up in a very, I grew up in East LA. That's, you know, not the most glamorous part of Los Angeles, but that's where I'm from. I'm, I'm from the hood and I, you know, that's that's where I was raised. And I worked very hard to attain a lot of the privileges that I have in my life now, but there were a lot of obstacles that were set against me. In addition to being a minority, I also am gay, which is another, you know, it comes with its own barriers that, you know, prevent you from being very successful in America. You know, I think... For me personally, I've never really liked to look at those as barriers. I've always focused on the end goal. I've always focused on the mountain peak. I understood on some level that people had other advantages that I didn't have. But I was like, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm not going to look at that. I'm going to look at my my goal, my end post. And that's just what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on my journey. I'm going to stay in my own lane. I'm not going to compare myself. I'm not going to look at how much harder or how much easier things are for other people. 
I'm just going to stay in my lane, do my work and work my ass off. I may have to work 10 times harder than homeboy down the street. I may have it 10 times easier than homeboy to my left. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to focus on that. I'm just going to focus on where I want to go and the goals that I want to achieve. And I'm going to stop at nothing to get there. And I think that helped me be a lot more resilient. It helped me learn to be tenacious. It helped me learn how to be a better problem solver. And I think compared to somebody that is very privileged, I have so much more of an advantage because I learned those skills. I learned how to bounce back. I learned how to get knocked down and get smashed into the ground again and again and again and how to build myself up over again and again and again. And it's interesting because now I live, you know, in a building where I have a lot of, you know, trust fund babies, you know, that don't understand the lifestyle that I came from or I have friends that don't understand the world that I came from. And so sometimes I do get frustrated because I look at them and I look at their privilege, but I also see that 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 level of of privilege sometimes comes with a lack of real world experience and beatings. Um, And maybe that's just my mindset. I like to focus on the positive. I like to focus on the things that I gained as a result of the challenges that I had to overcome. I, you know, I understand not everybody looks at the world that way. That's just how I approach things. So when it comes to Tiffany Moon, I have a lot of respect for her because she did come from a very, you know, culturally you know, there's a term that I would hear a lot growing up called whitewash, which is for people like my family who has been in the States for like, I'm fourth, fifth generation here. You know, most of my family is all here in Los Angeles. We don't really have too many families too too much of a close, um, immediate family in other countries. Like we just, all of our family kind of on my mother's side and on my father's side. But I look at somebody like Tiffany Moon, who doesn't have that multi-generation in America. Her parents came over here. So the culture was very strong. And I would imagine things were very challenging for her growing up, but she still moved past a lot of those barriers and blocks that were set in front of her. And she was, you know, like she said, a Doogie Hauser. She graduated early. She worked her butt off and attained the level of success that she has now. And I have a lot of respect for somebody like that, for somebody that wasn't just handed things, but had to work really hard and overcome barriers and had to learn a different language. Like so much respect for that. So much respect for Tiffany Moon. Whereas, you know, with Cam, I think sometimes if you don't understand another person's background and lifestyle, and where they came from, and you can't appreciate how much harder they had to work, it becomes, like, then just don't comment on it because you don't understand it. So for Cam to come into the reunion and to try to school Tiffany on culture and racism, I think totally out of line, total miss. I think what happened was she felt like Tiffany Moon was a know-it-all, which she is. Tiffany Moon is a know-it-all. And I think Tiffany probably wouldn't even deny that. But I think she was tired of constantly being corrected by Tiffany Moon and constantly getting that know-it-all energy from her. And so she was like, well, I'm going to come to the reunion and I'm going to give her a little taste of her own medicine and I'm going to, you know, correct her and I'm going to reprimand her. 
And it's one thing to come in and like reprimand somebody's grammar or somebody's behavior. It's another thing to try and school them on their own culture. That's where I think Cam really overshot her shot. And then as if that wasn't bad enough and as if that wasn't cringy enough. And I'm very thankful that Andy like kind of shut that down. Like Tiffany was very good at putting Cam in her place. But Andy then really shut that down and was like, all right, we're, we're done with, with the binder. We're done with the receipts. Like we're moving on. But it didn't end there. It looked like there was some resolution between Cam and Tiffany. And then Tiffany did go in a little bit on Cam again on Twitter. Like, I think Tiffany started the little tiff that ensued post-reunion on Twitter. But it really escalated and went to a whole different level when we had Court Westcott who jumped in and basically accused Tiffany of racism by saying anti-racism is racism which it isn't. Um, And again, I feel like these conversations about race and culture and these are very complicated issues that can't be just glossed over in two minutes or 30 seconds on a podcast. Like these are multi-layered issues. And you have to understand that like everybody comes to the table from such a different position, from such a different level of experience, from such a different level of exposure. Most people have lived in a bubble and they've only lived in the bubble of their own culture. And some people have had other advantages in comparison to others. But at the end of the day, We have to acknowledge those differences. We have to acknowledge that some people know a little bit more than we do. And we have to just be willing and open to have these conversations. Tweeting somebody that they're racist is not the way to do it. And that's why I'm very much anti like cancel culture, because I think canceling somebody without having an open dialogue and working through that issue, it doesn't solve anything. It ends the conversation. You slap somebody on the wrist. You embarrass them to the point where they're like, "Okay, I'm just going to be quiet and not say anything, but not really express how I truly feel or ask the question. Questions that I really have inside because now I'm afraid to actually speak out and now I'm just going to, you know, either do what I'm told or go hide under a rock or whatever the case may be. I just don't think it fosters any sort of growth and evolution for either party or for us collectively. Court Westcott, Cam's husband, totally wrong with the racism stuff. And, you know, he ended up, I think, taking his Twitter account down or something where he was definitely called out for it. And Tiffany Moon was like, dude, what's your fucking issue? And as if that wasn't bad enough, because like, come on, why are you even and somebody even pulled up a tweet about how Cam was like saying that the husbands shouldn't get involved in the in the housewife drama because it makes them wussies or pussies or something like that. And then people were like, well, yeah, your husband jumped into a fight that didn't even involve him. And now he's, you know, trying to claim that this Asian woman is racist, which that's not to say that an Asian woman can't be racist. But in this case, You need to look in the mirror, sweetie. But then, as if that wasn't bad enough, Chart, and whoever these parents are that they named their kids Court and Chart, like, what the fuck is that about? I digress. So Chart chimed in, and he's suggesting that Tiffany should be fired because he's like, Tiffany, I've seen you at my house, and you were blackout drunk, and then the next morning, you just rolled up into work all hungover, and how do you, I wonder what your patients would think if they knew that you were getting blackout drunk and then just going into work the next morning. First of all, none of your business. Second of all, how do you know she was blackout drunk? How do you know she went? Like, how do you know all of these details? Or are you just spewing shit to spew shit? So he was basically suggesting that she should be fired. Uh, Tiffany ended up blocking Chard on Twitter, rightfully so. Like, come on, dude. Like, it was just these men trying to jump in and, you know, 
jump into Cam's fight and like, I don't know, it, like as Cam said, it was very, you know, wussy energy. I don't want to say pussy energy because I feel like pussies are very strong because they push out babies and they are very, you know, pussy appreciation, hashtag pussy appreciation. Um, so I don't like to use that word in a derogatory way, but I guess wussy might be a better word. I don't know, whatever. So Bravo finally released a statement saying that they're in support of of Tiffany Moon and that anti-racism is not racism and that, you know, they don't they didn't explicitly say they're distancing themselves from the Westcott family, but they definitely said that they are in support of Tiffany Moon, which I thought was interesting. Um, Basically, it pretty much implied that the Westcott family's behavior was not to be tolerated, but they didn't exactly say that. And we don't know yet what the ramifications of this will be yet. I think as a whole, the Westcott family really just shot themselves in the foot. I think Cam really burned herself from, it just didn't seem like she was willing to have a conversation with Tiffany Moon or understand where Tiffany was coming from or understand her background or understand her culture. It just very much felt like she was trying to come in and school Tiffany on what she thought was wrong or inappropriate or, you know, whatever the case may be. I just think she approached it the wrong way. I hope that it's something that can be worked through, but it doesn't look like it will be because Tiffany Moon ended up saying that like her lawyer released a statement saying that none of this would be tolerated, which interestingly came out before bravo even released a statement so i just i think it looks really bad for cam and i don't think that cam has a bad heart but she's starting to show some of those layers underneath the onion that you know may have been hidden in the past and now they're going to be front and center and i think that it's really bad timing considering everything that she went through with leanne last season and how she was like i support leanne Leanne's not a bad person, yada, yada, yada. But what she did was wrong. And now it's like we're seeing Cam in that hot seat. Uh, So it's interesting to see. And I don't know how much Real Housewives of Dallas can even recover from a lot of this. But so over the weekend, Tiffany Moon also updated her Instagram bio to say previous cast member, which everybody responded to. And they're like, oh, my God, it says previous cast member, which basically means that she's exiting the show and she's not returning. But if you'll remember, she also gave an interview to Distractify back in March, basically saying that she likely wouldn't be coming back to the show anyway, because she doesn't see how it would fit with her schedule that she was really spread thin this most recent season. She works a full-time job. She doesn't need the money. She doesn't need the fame. Like, I think she's good. She's okay, but she's a great, I thought she was a great addition. I thought she brought new energy. She brought new life to the show. She was able to really hold her own despite being the new girl. And despite kind of being on the outside a couple of times, I think she really was able to stand on her own two feet and juggled working a full-time job and filming the show. Um, so she updated her bio to say previous cast member. Everyone freaked out. Everyone was like, oh my God, she's leaving the show. Then later on in the early afternoon, she changed it again to specify from being previous cast member. She then changed it to specify she was a season five cast member of Real Housewives of Dallas. And then it changed again for the third time. By the end of the day, she updated it to say cast member hashtag Real Housewives of Dallas at Bravo TV. Now, 
the third change makes me think that Bravo's the one that made her change it the last time because she probably was like, I'm done with the show. I don't want to move forward, especially after all of this drama with Cam. This just doesn't feel worth it to me. I don't feel connected to the other women. I think she... I don't think she is connected to any of the other women, maybe aside from Deandra a little bit. I don't even know who I would say were Tiffany's allies on the show, to be honest. But she, so what I think happened is she was like, I'm done with this show, so I'm going to change it so that it can say previous cast member of Real Housewives of Dallas. And then once it kind of was picked up by all the blogs, once media outlets were starting to speculate whether or not she was actually leaving, once all of the bloggers and influencers and podcasters and Instagrammers were reposting it, basically assuming that this was her way of exiting the show, I think that's when Bravo called her and they're like, yo, you can't do this. You're still technically under contract. We need you to update it so that it says this because we technically haven't released you from your contract, which if we remember from the Vanderpump Rules filings, you have like a six month hold with the network and then you have a one year non-compete agreement um, that prevents you from doing any other similar shows with any other network that's not authorized or approved by Bravo. So I think they had her update it. And so she was like, okay, let me update it to specify I'm only a season five cast member. So then people were like, well, it it technically doesn't say that she's returning for season six. So it could be that she's leaving. But why would she update it? Is it because she's negotiating her contract? Like all the questions were still up in the air. So I think because it still wasn't clear, that's when Bravo came back in and was like, listen, we need you to actually say that you're a cast member, hashtag it R-H-O-D and tag at Bravo TV. And this needs to be in your bio per your contract. Because as we saw when Brandy Redmond tried to announce her exit from Bravo, basically saying that she was like, I choose happiness. I choose my family, et cetera, et cetera. That's when Bravo released their statement. And they're like, no, Brandy Redmond is still very much a part of the show. And I believe it's because she was still under contract. They still had episodes that they were airing. They still had the reunion that they needed to film and air. So I think they're just cracking down on this a lot more. I don't think they want to lose Tiffany Moon. I don't think Bravo can afford to lose Tiffany Moon at this point. Um, But I don't know what the show would look like moving forward. It's clear Tiffany Moon doesn't really have much interest in returning to the show. I'm sure Bravo's trying to make her a very sweet deal to return. I'm pretty sure they're offering her a lot of money, offering her a little more creative control over the cast. Or not creative control, but like offering some more allies or additional diversity or other women that would be more aligned with her status in Dallas that aren't just like, you know, these pretty posh Westcott and Deandra girl women that, you know, run the circle of Dallas. So I don't know what the future of Real Housewives of Dallas looks like. I think it's gotten so dark. I think racism has become very prevalent on the show, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if it's something that's being featured on the show. As long as it's some, it, there are conversations that are being had and we're continuing to push that conversation. But it looks like Tiffany Moon doesn't want to come back. It looks like Brandy Redman definitely wants out. I don't think Brandy Redman has an interesting enough storyline. I think bringing the drama with her husband just feels a little too... I don't know if dark is the right word because we've gone very dark on the Housewives shows in the past. Um, Taylor Armstrong's husband committing suicide, Kim Richards' alcohol addiction struggles, getting arrested, um, affairs, 
like we've tackled a lot of these heavier issues on the shows in the past. I don't know if it's even worth exploring further. And I don't even think Brandy would be willing to put her marital issues on the show, especially if she's posting about choosing happiness and prioritizing her family. It sounds like Brandy wants out. Tiffany wants out. I don't even know if there's a way that they would want to bring Cam back after all of this, you know, beef has transpired on Twitter with her husband coming forward, the things that she said at the reunion. Now her, her step or not stepbrother, her brother-in-law who also, well, actually, yeah, so let's dive into that stuff because it also looks like Carrie might even be on the chopping block. One, because she just wasn't that interesting or exciting. She wasn't that likable this season. And not only that, but there were some receipts that were dug up, some old posts that chart Cam's brother-in-law made on Instagram where he was, one, wearing, um, he was celebrating Cinco de Mayo, and in another one, he was in the Bahamas wearing like luau attire with like a hat and it was like tiki vibes in, on in front of an ocean and the other one was you know Cinco de Mayo it looked like it could have been like at a Mexican restaurant but he was hashtagging these things your culture is my costume cultural appropriation is bullshit and Carrie liked those posts Carrie liked the photos obviously i'm assuming she probably read the caption or I mean, I don't know. It could be that she didn't even see the captions, but I don't know how confident I am in that. I think she knows who Chart is, and I think she probably doesn't disagree with some of his stuff. I think she's like, oh, I hate cancel culture. Oh, cultural appropriation is stupid. Like, I don't know. That's just the vibe that I get from her. I could be totally reading the situation wrong. I could be way off. But again, it's like if you have a Hispanic background see this man dressed up and he's, you know, celebrating Cinco de Mayo and basically and hashtagging it cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation is bullshit. Your culture is my costume. Like it just doesn't, that's what you're endorsing. Like I've liked a photo cause I liked the photo and then I read the caption and then I was like, Ooh, I'm going to unlike that because I don't want to endorse that message or whatever the case may be. I've done that on Instagram several times. Um, there are two different posts that Carrie has been shown to like that are both very similar, both hashtag cultural appropriation. So I don't know if she could even, you know, I don't even know where she stands on any of this, especially considering her involvement and Cam's involvement in the whole Leanne scandal last year. And I'm curious to see what Leanne thinks of all of this, to be honest with you. But it looks like we're ready to lose Tiffany. We're ready to lose Brandy. We're ready to lose Cam. We're potentially ready to lose Carrie. So it's like, who's left? Stephanie and Deandra? Well, that's fucking boring. And can we even, like, what does that even look like? I, like, I feel like some of these shows just need to wrap. I think Dallas is one of the ones that needs to wrap. I think OC is one of the ones that needs to wrap at this point. Like, we just need to be like, we had a good run. We had fun. Let's move on and pivot. You know, we have Potomac. We have Salt Lake City. We have these newer shows that are in their early fourth, fifth, second seasons that I think could carry us moving forward. Like, we don't need 15 different Housewives shows on the air in the same year. Like, I think it's okay to send them off like Real Housewives of Miami and Real Housewives of D.C. Just like be like, that didn't work. We gave it a try. It had a good run. Thank you. Next. Even though now we're bringing Real Housewives of Miami back, and I don't know how I feel about that. Then again, I never really watched it, so I guess I can't have too much of a comment on it. 
but I really don't know how Dallas can continue at this point. They would have to scrap most of the cast. And I don't even know what that would look like. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. That is me. That's my name. You can follow me at just plain Zach all over the internet. Give me a follow at just plain Zach. Give the show a follow at no filter with Zach. Be sure to subscribe and listen to hashtag no filter with Zach Peter every Monday and Wednesday. We have a Monday news breakdowns where we spill lots of tea. And then we have Wednesday unfiltered interviews with some of your favorite reality stars that always spill the tea like Lala Kent, Sheena Shea, Margaret Joseph, Sutton Strack, um, Reza Farhan, lots of lots of our favorite Bravo stars. I'm thinking of even inviting some of the Hills stars because I'm really getting into the Hills New Beginnings. And if you liked the Hills or like Brody Jenner or just think that he's hot, then I think you should definitely watch the premiere of the Hills New Beginnings on MTV because the opening scene is going to make you nearly climax because it's like Brody in the shower and it's like slow-mo and it's like hot AF. Um, but yeah, lots of fun stuff, lots more collabs. Let me know if there are podcasters or Instagrammers or just people in the Bravo reality TV world that you want to see me collab with and get ready because this Thursday I do have an announcement that I'm going to be making. I'm also going to be on Up and Adam this Friday live, Up and Adam live YouTube. So definitely check that out. All right, guys. Love you. Mean it. Talk to you next week. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.